All right. Well, welcome to Beyond Sunday. I don't even know what episode this is. We're uh, we're a few in now, but we are in our Go Tell It series as we are walking through the uh, Christmas story, our Advent series. And uh, Billy was able to preach uh, across all campuses. Great job. You killed it. Freaking crushed it. It was amazing. Yeah, it was a great weekend. Week four of our series as mm-hmm. we're marching through how can we connect to the Christmas story, a very familiar story to most people, and yet we're, uh, we're pulling things out that are super applicable to today's life. So yeah. it's fun. Absolutely. So uh, if you missed the sermon, uh, Billy preached on the Joseph, right, learning about yep. it's going to have a baby, and the baby's going to be God, and you're going to name him Jesus. Um, and I love the direction. You actually took it in a different direction, which I really enjoyed and, and really zeroed in on the concept of, of being named, of Jesus being named and what did that process look like. And so um, just as a follow-up to that, you know, I looked up what your name means. Oh. Your name's William, correct? Yes, it is. Uh, your proper name. My Christian uh, name. Your Christian name. Resolute Protector. That's a strong name. Yes, very strong. Uh, it, Were you I aware think, of that? Were you? Yeah, I think it comes from like Germanic and Nordic um, origins, it, it actually means helmet of protection or protector, or like you said, resolute protector. So that kind of fits you. Oh, thank you. Do you think so? I think it's a cool name. It's noble. It is noble. Uh, maybe I can live up to it one day. It is noble. Yeah, that's cool. My, so my name, uh, Christopher is, uh, to bear or to carry is kind of the, and, it, and it's in reference to, to Jesus. And yes. so oftentimes it'll be, it'll be said, that I, uh, Christopher carries Jesus in their heart. Yes. That's how it'll be put sometimes, or, which is pretty cool. I've heard some like friends with that. They they say they're bearing or carrying the message of Christ. Yeah, I've heard that as well. I've heard that as well. Very That's good cool. name. It's a strong name for sure. I mean, mine's more spiritual than, like mine's more Christ-centered than yours. <laughs> yes. Well, my wife- But it's not your fault. My wife's name is Christy, uh-huh. which is the same sort of the female version of, of like of, of Christopher. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yes, she's definitely more Christ-centered than yes, I am absolutely. of the two of us. Um, so I, li- I enjoyed how um, the story of you naming your kids, and, and Sean and I have a story with, with our two boys, um, both of whom, as you know, we, we've adopted. Uh, Isaiah, actually, his, his given name, his birth name was William as well. And so we kept that as his middle name. Um, and then we gave him the name Isaiah, which means the Lord's salvation. Mm. And um, that name spoke to us. We, I mean, we just love the name. Yeah. But then also, um, you know, we've already seen God save him out of multiple situations where we, it's clear that God has been moving in his life. And even his adoption story, it's awesome. So we just felt like that was the right name for him. So we moved his first name to his middle name and gave him the name Isaiah. I like that. How did you and Shauna, like what process did you go through in terms of talking and praying to arrive at that? Um, it was just a, a, a few conversations of, you know, we were leaning towards Ezekiel, just we, not for a spiritual reason. We just like that name. Okay. And then Isaiah was standing out too. And then we looked at the meaning of it and it just felt right. I don't know. You just have that feeling sometimes. It wasn't, yeah. it just fit. Yeah. It felt right. And then Kente is his birth name. We didn't change his name. Uh, his last name was Mac. So Kente Mac. And so what we did is we incorporated his last name of Mac into his middle name. And we chose um, the Greek word Makarios, which is the word blessed in the Beatitudes. So blessed the poor, poor in spirit and so on. Um, so we took that Greek word makarios, which the first M-A-K is kind of Mac. And so we combined it and it means that word means blessed or satisfied in the Lord. Um, Man, that's really it's pretty, cool. Yeah, it's cool. That's so that's, fabulous. that's the story of that. So that's his middle name. And we kept his, uh, his birth name as Kente. I don't remember. Why, why do we keep it? We just did. Well, I think it's, it just goes to show what we were talking about is our obligation as parents is 
is a powerful one, mm-hmm. and it starts at the beginning of our kids' lives or when they come into our homes, and it's a mark. It's it's part of us transferred to them, and then when you involve the Lord in that process, it's a powerful thing. And then your ending of thinking about how we're going to be renamed in heaven is such an amazing thought. It's such a beautiful promise. I haven't really thought it. I mean, I, I've heard that before. I haven't spent a lot of time thinking about that and how cool that is. Well, and that's found in the book of Revelation, so John is telling us, and it's almost kind of this pass-through promise. He just moves on from it, but when you dwell on it for just a moment, it does have a sense that our transformation is complete because we get the true self and the true identity that comes from Jesus. In fact, he's really the only one who truly knows us. Yeah. And so the fact that he not only is our Lord and Master, but because he knows us, he can name us and and identify us. It's Mm -hmm. just so awesome. And our name is going to, I have to imagine our name is going to fit us perfectly. It it will. It's going to be like, oh my gosh, that is the exact name. That is who I am. Yes. Oh, it's going to be a great day when that happens. I can't wait. It's fantastic. Okay. um, Another question I have for you uh, as you were studying one of the things I know you noticed was there's not a lot of information on Joseph. Like we hear about him in in the birth story and then once or twice more, and then he disappears from the text. He's not like Jesus's ministry. There's no mention of him. Jesus's death. There's no mention of him. What do we know about Joseph? And do we know what happened? Like what happened there? Yeah, that's a good point. I, I think Joseph may be one of the most popular characters in the New Testament that we know the least about. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we do know about him, again, precious little. Uh, we know that he was a devout Jewish person. Uh, it says in Luke that he brought the family every year to the Passover festival, which meant he was, he was devout, he was faithful. So we know that about him. We know that he was a carpenter. Um, the, the Greek word to describe carpenter is the word tectone, which actually doesn't mean carpenter. The tradition has kind of forced that translation. It's a word that can mean carpenter. It can also mean a stonemason mm-hmm. or metal worker. Mm-hmm. And really the main context of it is builder. So he was a builder of some kind, and that meant he could have been a, a, an expert in either wood or metal tools and mm-hmm. things, farm tools or stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so he was a builder, that was his trade. We know that about him, and uh, and we know that he was a guy who obeyed the Lord. He submitted to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So he, he was really an amazing person that made a great impact. Uh, we also know, well, we infer that he transferred his, his skill set to Jesus as mm-hmm. being the oldest son, at least in his home. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is later described as a carpenter. So we just can kind of conclude that he learned that from Joseph. Mm-hmm. And then we also think that Joseph died Mm-hmm. sometime after Jesus's 12th birthday and before the crucifixion. That's a long period of time, mm-hmm. almost 20 years there, uh, 30 year, uh, 20-something years. Mm-hmm. Um, sometime we think he passed away because there is no mention of him mm-hmm. at these key points in the public ministry of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll find out. We get to ask him in heaven, hey, what happened to you? Why'd you disappear? <laughs> yeah. um, I, I mean, I love his response uh, when the news came to him. Because we celebrate Mary's response and how amazing Mary, and, it's, and as we should. Yeah. Her, her response to Gabriel is incredible. But Joseph's response is amazing as well. His obedience, his, he acted in such an honorable, obedient way. He did. It's, inc- it's awesome. I think it's, in, I think it's really inspiring as well. He Sometimes curtailed we his rights, not just in the naming part, 
but as a fiance, mm -hmm. as a husband, mm -hmm. he withheld certain things in accordance with staying obedient to the Lord in accordance with the scripture, the, 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 the Isaiah prophecy. Um, he, he was careful about these things. Super conscientious person. Mm -hmm. Excellent, excellent example for us. Yeah, no doubt about it. Okay, I have another question for you. Um, you talked about this, this idea of sometimes we have to surrender um, something that isn't necessarily a bad thing that we're doing, but we have to stop doing it or we have to give it up because God is asking us to do something even better. Um, you, actually, you actually said um, surrender a not sinful interest, which is what Joseph you know, had to do to, to a larger degree. Um, have you ever had to do this? Can you, can you think of any, a time in your life? Oh, there's lots of times where this yeah. has happened. Um, one time we were at a point in our lives in our mid thirties, early thirties, and everything was going great. Everything was happening. We were raising our kids. Um, but the Lord basically asked us to make a huge space in our family to take care of Christie's grandfather mm. for seven years, the last seven years of his life. We were his primary caretaker. And that was like a massively big thing. None of us knew how to do that. Mm -hmm. But um, we just kind of had to say no to some other things and then allow Grandpa General, that's what we called him, into, into our lives. And, uh, and, and God just continually blessed us throughout that whole process. But that was one of those where you just, you, it wasn't a sin thing. It wasn't, you know, hey, you're really goofing this up and, you, and I'm going to focus you. The Lord's like, no, I want you to make space for this. Mm -hmm, yeah. How about um, you? Yeah, I have a more trivial example, but I, I distinctly remember the feeling that I had of, of giving up. So I used to golf a lot uh, earlier in life, uh, high school, college, uh, when I was married. And then when I had kids, um, you know, when you have kids, I had a job that, you know, I was working 11, 12 hour days and I was I was riding on BART to the city and back. And so I was gone Monday through Friday. I was gone all day. And then I had Saturday and Sunday off and some Saturdays I would go golf. Um, and there was a particular time on a Saturday I was golfing. It was early on after we had adopted Isaiah. And I just, I like, I had this clear feeling, why am I here? I'm not supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. Um, why am I doing this? This doesn't make any sense. And that, that was the Holy Spirit convicting me and saying, no, there's a better use of your time. Golf's not bad. It's not right. sinful. But at that moment in my life, that's not what I should have been doing. I needed to be home, being a great dad. And so I, I stopped golfing. I golfed like twice in like five years. It just I just cut it out of my life because yeah. I just didn't have space for it. Um, something not sinful, but it's just not, not the right season. I, God's had, I mean, he's done that over and over again. He does that throughout our lives. Yeah. Um, and then, but what's cool is he gives it back. Like there's times where he'll give it back and he'll totally. be like, okay, that season's over and we're in again. It's fine. Um, and it's healthy. I mean, that's so healthy for us. I think if you talk to people who have been walking with Jesus any length of time, you're going to hear stories, mm -hmm. uh, much like yours, much like mine, different details, different variations, but it's just how God works in our life. Mm -hmm. It's one of the ways in which he continually directs us, in which he shows his, his masterful self. Mm -hmm. And um, Joseph had his turn. You had your turn. I'd like to think that a lot of the people watching Beyond Sunday, even as we're sharing our personal stories in this area, you're thinking of, oh, that's right. Three years ago, the Lord tapped me on the shoulder, and he kind of moved me in this direction. Uh, you probably have that as well. So mm -hmm. that could yeah. be something that people talk about in their groups if they're listening to Beyond Sunday for that. So yeah. it's an interesting thing to, for sure. to, to key in yeah. on. Yeah. 
One of the, another thing that, that you had brought up in your notes, but you didn't really touch on it that much in the sermon, um, was this idea of, of we can't name God. Joseph didn't get to name his son because his son was God. Right. <laughs> um, and that, that privilege was, was never given to him. And the same is true for us. Can you, can you share a little bit more about that thought? Right. I think um, the concept, you're right, I did sort of breeze by that, that point, but uh, the reason why God doesn't allow Mary and Joseph to, to name Jesus is because they didn't have governmental agency over Jesus, uh, because he, in fact, is, is the Lord of the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and also, humans are never given the place to name God. God, when he always, God always tells us what his name is. Mm-hmm. When, when Moses meets God at the burning bush, he asks him, what should I call you? Mm-hmm. What should I name you? What's your name? And then the Lord responds with this incredible, like sort of existential, like I am who I am. I'm mm-hmm. the great I am. Right. And it's a mind bender. Um, but a lot of us, though, nonetheless, have tried our best to try and name God. Mm-hmm. Meaning uh, we like a God that is in accordance with our will and our desire and would fit our preferences and even our own beliefs. And so we try to sort of impose our names upon God and, and it just never works. Like, for example, I think um, if, if we like to, to serve a God who's just slightly more intelligent than us, Mm-hmm. slightly more powerful than us, believes all the same things we do. Mm-hmm. Um, we, that's the kind of God we want to name. We mm-hmm. want to name that God. That, mm-hmm. that, that could be money. That could be, I don't know, um, that could be materialism. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be a lot of different things. We have this tendency to want to create our own God. Totally. It's and within all of us. Yeah. And it's, it, I mean, we just do it. We can't help. I mean, it's in our sin nature to want to diminish God or we want to... Um, we, we want to only think of God in this way because that way is pleasing to us, but to think of the other side of that paradox or that completeness of God is uncomfortable for us. And so we don't want to, we don't want it to categorize him as that. And so we almost rename who he is. I love that. I think that's a, that's a great thought. So, so really then the question becomes more introspective. It's in what ways have I been trying to name God mm-hmm. or rename God? Which always reduces him. You're always making Super. him smaller. Reductionist view. Um, mm-hmm. or it's limiting. It's, uh, it's, self, it's a lot of self-interest. Right. Um, and, and I think the Lord just, he's constantly saying, no, I'm bigger than that. I'm bigger than you. I am who I am, and you must take me as I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not here to just be molded and shaped into the image that you want me to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's kind of a stark message. I'm already convicted. <laughs> you got me. You got me. Yeah, there's, so I mean, there's so much for our groups to talk about in regards to that. Um, that's really good. All right, let's let's stop there. I want I want to talk I want to talk a little bit about um, the Chris the rest of what's coming up here at Cornerstone in the Christmas season. Uh, we're entering into Christmas Eve. Uh, if you're listening to this, uh, which you are right now, if I'm looking at you, yes, um, we have a, we have an amazing Christmas Eve plan that we're really excited about the message that we have to share, things we have planned, the worship that we're going to have. Uh, bring your friends, bring your coworkers, bring your neighbors. Do not hesitate to invite people to these Christmas Eve services. Um, that's part of how we go tell it is through an invitation that communicates to people we care about them, we're thinking of them. 
and we want them to join us. Um, amazing Christmas services at all five of our campuses in Livermore. We have services on Saturday night, Sunday, and Monday. Brentwood, we have services on Sunday and Monday. Danville, we're on Sunday morning. Uh, Hayward, we're on Sunday morning. And then Walnut Creek, we're on Sunday and Monday. We have Christmas Eve services. Um, look those up online. Bring some friends. We are going to um, pause beyond Sunday for two weeks, and then we're going to um, we're going to kick it back off again in the new year. We have a brand new series called The Anatomy of Love, and I am like I cannot wait for this series. Um, I've already seen some of the content and the plan for this series, and it's going to be it's going to be really powerful as we're in First Corinthians thirteen. Uh, mostly verses 1 through 8 of 1 Corinthians 13. And um, you're not going to want to miss that as we, as we kick off in the new year. Um, and we're designing this series um, with, a, with a large emphasis on community groups. And so if you're not in a community group uh, in January, early January for this series, you're going to be missing out on some of the content that we have um, that'll be really powerful. And so we want you to experience it within the context of relationships, within the context of groups. And uh, we'll provide opportunities for you to find a community group in your neighborhood as we enter into the new year. Sound good to you? That all sounds great. I can't wait to dig into uh, the passages in 1 Corinthians and really just, I mean, just spending our focus on on just a small amount so we can really get in there and, like, get some good it's stuff. Gonna good. <laughs> it's going to be good. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, we hope you have a great Christmas, and um, we will talk to you in the new year. 